Um, let's pray together as we get ready to start um, and open up God's word together. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time together um, as a church family. God, thank you for blessing us uh, with this time. And I don't know uh, where each person is um, in this room right now um, and what they're going through, but God, thank you that you do. And God, I thank you that you are faithful. I thank you that you are a God of hope. I thank you that there are no hopeless situations. And so, God, I thank you that as we go throughout this year, you will be um, strengthening and building our faith. And God, I pray that this morning you'd be drawing us closer to you. And uh, whether we're here and we're hurting, I pray that you would comfort us. Whether we're here and we're complacent, I pray that you'd break through and that you'd challenge us. Um, Holy Spirit, do what only you can do and speak through me um, as your servant today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, uh, today is week two um, of a series we're doing uh, right now called When Life Gives You Lemons. And uh, we've probably all been there. Uh, something happens in our life that didn't go as we planned. Um, I don't know anybody's life that has ever gone, gone 100% how they planned. And so what do you do when life gives you lemons? And today's message title is this, uh, Purpose in My Pain purpose in my pain. And so if you're new to us, uh, one of the things we do every single time we get together is we open up God's word. Uh, there's two ways to know about God. One's called natural theology, which is us observing things and making assumptions about who God is. Another way to know about God is what's called revealed theology, um, that God reveals who he is to us. And that's what we believe that the Bible is. The Bible is revealed theology that God has spoken, that God has taught us some things about who he is, so we want to pay attention to what it says. So we're going to dive into uh, the book of James. So if you have a Bible, I'm open up and go to the book of James, and um, we're going to spend just a few minutes in uh, three verses in James chapter 1. Um, so you can look it up on a device. Uh, you can look it up on this. It's, this is, uh, if just so you guys know, this is what's called a Bible. This is a physical Bible right here. Um, I try to get the biggest one that I can and preach from that. Um, it's also going to be on the screen for you, uh, but I would encourage you to look it up and to track along with us. Um, so here's what this says. Uh, James chapter 1, um, three verses. is what God's word says to us. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I don't know what you might be going through, but chances are you're probably going through some kind of challenge right now, some kind of test, some kind of difficulty. Um, and I just want to encourage you to lean into that. Um, so, um, how many of you like pain? Just curious. How many of you like pain? All right. It's about, yeah, that's about the response that I thought. Uh, I don't know too many people who appreciate or who enjoy pain. Um, and if you think about it, uh, for me, I guess I'll just speak for myself. Um, I will do almost anything to avoid pain. I don't know if you're with me on that. Um, and just think about how much we seek comfort um, over discomfort. Uh, if a room's too hot, like, I'm just talking about like a degree or two too hot. 
oh, we can't handle, we're too uncomfortable, right? If it's too cold, we're too uncomfortable. Um, think about your food for a second. If it's too bland, what do we do? We add a little bit of salt and pepper to it, right? If it's too spicy, we don't like that either. So think, we, none of us like pain or discomfort. Um, and people have different pain tolerances. Uh, for example, um, my wife uh, has given birth to three uh, babies, and she did that all natural, no pain medication. Yes, exactly. Uh, she is an amazing woman. She has a higher pain tolerance than I do. I am not afraid or not embarrassed to admit that. My wife is a beast when it comes to pain. Um, you give me a man cold, and I am in bed immediately for like several weeks, maybe not, a couple days. But, uh, but our pain tolerances are different. I can't function if I have a little bit of pain. You give me a toothache, and I am out. So um, I, our pain tolerances are different. I did read this, though, this week, according to BBC, uh, which we know is 100% accurate all the time. Um, <laughs> studies have actually shown, though, that men have a higher pain tolerance than women do. Ladies, what do you think? No. <laughs> uh, what's interesting, too, about the study is that their pain tolerance is actually higher if they're in the company of other men, right? Which I can, agree, I can see that, right? It's like, I'm going to be tough. I'm going to be macho. No, I'm not going to show that I have weakness. Uh, but no one likes pain. Um, what we recognize, though, is that there are some times where there are benefits to pain, right? We know this. Uh, we're aware of this at a basic level that are sometimes a good level of pain. So, for example, uh, we send our kids to school, even though they feel like it's incredibly painful. Why do we do that? Because there's a benefit from it, right? We have our kids brush their teeth, even though to them that's torture. Two minutes, set the two-minute timer, brush your teeth. Why, though? Because we know that there is benefit to pain sometimes, um, it's the new year. It's January. I'm not going to ask how many of you are still keeping your new, res- new Year's resolutions. I know the statistics. Uh, but we diet. Why do we diet? Why do we put ourselves through the pain of dieting? You're like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, because hopefully on the other side of that, there are benefits from the pain. Why do we exercise? Why do we put ourselves through, through purposely hurting our bodies? Because we know, why, William? What do you think? To get stronger, he knows, right? To get stronger. So there are some benefits to pain. Not all pain is bad we can't, because we know that ultimately there's something good that's going to come from it. Even our secular culture knows that not all pain is bad. I'm going to say a couple of phrases. I want you guys to finish the phrase for me. No pain, no gain. All right, pain is just fear leaving the body. Maybe you've heard that one. You have to be in a gym probably to hear that one. Come on, it's on the wall somewhere in a gym. Uh, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? So even culture recognizes that there are some benefits to pain. And on a spiritual level, especially, God wants us to understand that there are some benefits to the challenges that we go through, amen? That God wants to use those to strengthen our faith and to build our hope. Even uh, writer C.S. Lewis said this. This is, I think, so true. But God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our consciences. But God shouts in our pains. 
It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Right? God uses pain in your life to draw you closer to him and to, to help you to grow. That's why James says in those verses, consider it, what does he say? Pure joy whenever you face trials. Now, what are some things that you consider pure joy? Like I consider time with my family pure joy. Um, today is actually my wife and my 18-year uh, uh, wedding anniversary, so congratulations to us. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to be celebrating um, in a couple days. We don't have time today, but in a couple days we're going to be celebrating our wedding. So that's, I consider that pure joy, right? That, that those things. There's, there's a few things we consider pure joy, but trials and pain are not one of those things. <laughs> but he challenges us, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials because it is doing something in your life. Um, think about James for a second, the writer. I'm sorry. Um, um, here's what we know. First, first thing, main idea is this, that pain refines you. What does pain do? Pain refines you. That's what scripture teaches us. Pain refines you. In the right hands, Pain has a way of shaping and molding you the way that few things do. Um, oftentimes, we're not motivated to change until there's enough pain associated with it. You ever experienced that before? <laughs> it's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Oh, the pain is way too bad. I have done that with toothaches before. It's like a little bit of a, a you know, dull pain. I'm fine. I'm, my tooth is fine. The pain increases. I'm still Okay. The pain gets to a point, it's like, I need, to, I need help, I need to have some change in my life. And oftentimes, God will turn up the heat, sometimes through pain, to bring change in your life. Pain has a way of refining you. And when pain comes, you can either let pain define you, or you can let pain refine you. You have a choice. Oftentimes, you've seen people, maybe in your own life, you've been tempted, you go through a traumatic or a tragic event, and sometimes people get stuck there, and that pain defines them for the rest of their life. They're never able to get past the fact that, that they were betrayed, or that they got let go from this job, or that they lost this person. That pain defines them. And we never complete, they do, our pain does shape us, right? Our story does shape us. But instead of letting pain simply define who you are, God challenges to let pain refine us. Because you've seen people go through challenges as well, and that pain somehow seems to make them a better person. They're not bitter from the pain. They're better from the pain. It refines them. Um, a pastor that I, that I know, uh, Rich Wilkerson Jr., encourages us with this. He says, don't just go through it. Grow through it. That's pretty good, right? Don't just go through a difficult season. Make sure you're growing through that difficult season. Uh, James, the writer of these verses, if you think about his life, he had it pretty rough, to be honest with you. Uh, what we know about James, the writer, uh, he's the younger brother of Jesus. The Bible teaches us that Jesus had siblings um, and that James was one of Jesus' younger brothers. So think about James for a second. What are some of the things that James went through? Uh, James observed some family dynamics that were uh, challenging. Most of Jesus' family didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was. They thought Jesus was crazy, right? Even James didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God until later, after the resurrection. Um, James um, 
Can you imagine the pressure? I hear so many comedians use this, but can you imagine the pressure of being Jesus' younger brother? <laughs> Why can't you be more like your older brother, Jesus? I mean, come on, right? Can you imagine the pressure? Um, and J- James watched his older brother, wrongly accused, beaten within an inch of his life, and crucified on a cross. Can you imagine watching your older brother, just at the age of 33, go through that? James lost a brother, Jesus, in in an incredibly um, tragic way. So James went through some stuff, didn't he? But James, because of the resurrection of Jesus, becomes a follower of Jesus, and he becomes a leader in the church And actually, he gives his life as a martyr for what he believed because of who Jesus was. So James knew a thing or two about pain. So he writes to us by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, consider it, what does he say? Pure joy whenever you go through trials of many kinds because it's doing something. So pain refines us. So let me just share with you a couple ways and a couple things that pain refines Number one, pain refines your character. Pain has a way of bringing whatever is inside of you out of you. Have you found that? If you are an angry person and you you experience pain, how does that come out? As anger, right? If you're a jealous person and you go through pain, it comes out in jealousy. Whatever is inside of you is brought out by pain. Whenever I'm talking with young couples who are dating each other or maybe talking about marriage, one of the things I always encourage them to do is is date for at least a year. Uh, Because then you can see a person in all the different seasons of life. And you'll see what's inside of them. You'll see the quality of their character. And pain has a way of refining a person's character. Romans 5, 3 through 5, the verses that uh, young Megan said to us in the video says this, not only so... But we also, what does it say? We also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces what? Perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Difficult times have a way of revealing and refining character. Allow God to shape your character as you go through pain. So the word refine is oftentimes used most often with uh, refining metals, right? And we think of gold and the refining process revealed um, through refining gold. How is gold purified? Just very basically, how is gold purified? Heat, right? Fire. Fire is applied. It melts the gold and all the impurities rise to the surface, and they skim them off, and they repeat that process. That's why you have 10K, 14K, 18K, 20K, and 24K gold, right? It's, it's different measurements of the level of purity that exists. The way that you get the purest gold, 24 karat gold, is the most uh, heating that goes on and the most impurities that are taken out. So God will use pain to purify and to refine your character. I like this quote Thomas Carlyle said, no pressure, no diamonds. No pressure, no diamonds. So I'm not sure what pain you're going through, but let it refine you and not define who you are, but let it refine you by the power of God. Amen, church? Number, number two, 
Pain develops perseverance. Pain helps us develop perseverance. It says, um, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. And it goes on to say, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So there's something that God still needs to develop in you. It's a maturity. Question for you, what does it mean to be mature spiritually? What does it mean to be mature? Are you mature in your faith? Am I mature in my faith? It's a really significant question, right? You can be a Christian for a long time and not be mature. But maturity comes from having a deepened faith that is not changing based on your feelings, but that is strong, and that comes through pain and through perseverance. Um, the idea of perseverance in this passage in James is really the idea of standing up under the weight of something. So like, um, uh, Caleb, I'm sure you go to the gym. I'm not sure why I said that like that. That's, but I know you work out. That's Okay, this is getting more awkward the more that I say it. I'll stop. Okay. <laughs> I have not done this. I just have heard that people do this, but it's a leg press. You go to the gym, and they've got a machine, a rack with weight on it, and you, you stand, and you put the weight on your shoulders, and you do a leg press like this, and you see how much, le- how much weight you can push up, right? That's the idea behind the Greek word perseverance, is to stand up under the weight of something. And, and the more that you do this, the more it strengthens you, the more it uh, builds your ability to persevere. And James says that perseverance must finish its work. So what is that talking about? And it's talking about the change process that God brings into our lives. The only way for us to change oftentimes is through pain. And God said, I want you to not to bail on the pain. I don't want you to, to get out from under. I want you to stand up under the weight of the pain and allow your perseverance to, to help you through that so that the maturing process can take place. Sometimes maturing just takes time. You want to be out from under the pain immediately, but God says, stand up under the pain, persevere, allow me to keep working in your life. Does that make sense? God says, persevere. Perseverance has to finish its work. A few weeks ago, I had the privilege to preach at my dad's church. My dad is a pastor in Grand Rapids, and um, uh, so I had the chance to share there, and after I came down, um, I share, actually shared the message there at my dad's church that I shared here for our Christmas services, uh, so I got to preach that message for an eighth time uh, at my dad's church, and um, uh, after I got done preaching, my, my message was about hope, and my message was about the fact that um, our hope is not just in the fact that Jesus came, but that what that Jesus is coming again. Right, that God is at work, and we have hope in the middle because God is at work. And um, I got done preaching, and I walked off the stage, and there was an old um, a veteran pastor that attends my dad's church. That actually helped start that church. And he came up to me after the service, and he kind of pulled me aside. It's like one of those moments where you have like a veteran senior uh, pulling aside a young pastor. And he said, hey, um, I loved your message. He said, I want you to know something. He said, God's delays always have a purpose. As you look at the Bible and as you look at life, God's delays always have a purpose. And our prayer is, God, please take me out of this pain immediately, right? I don't want the pain anymore, God. Please take it away from me. 
but God always has a purpose in pain. Um, Dylan Burroughs uh, said this, God is never late and rarely early. He is always exactly right on time. Our job in the middle of pain is to wait on God. Not to try to remove the pain. I mean, yeah, we want to try to get better, right? But to stand up under it, to develop perseverance and let God use the pain to refine us. Our job is to wait on God. Uh, the, those verses in Romans that we just read, there's a verse right after it talks, it talks about God's perfect timing. It says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for us. I like that it uses that phrase, time, right? It's talking about perseverance and trials, and perseverance will develop character, character will develop hope, because you see, at just the right time, God saved us. So God's timing is always perfect. So allow God's timing and that pain to develop perseverance. Um, I love Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. We also know from Isaiah, those who what? Who what upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Allow God to strengthen you in the middle of your pain. See, our prayers should be a lot different than they are. I'm confessing as well. My prayers are, God, please take away the pain. Take away the man cold. Take away the heartbreak. Take away whatever the pain is. But instead, our prayer should be, God, please strengthen me in the middle of the pain. Please strengthen me in the middle of the pain. And here's the third thing that pain does. Pain will increase your capacity. Think about this. It is only through going through hard things that you have strength to go through something hard. Right? It's only through going through difficult things that you have more strength to go through something else difficult. (laughs) So the only way that God can increase your capacity and grow your strength is to have you go through trials so that you have more strength for future trials. Right? God is strengthening you. He's increasing your ability to endure. God is giving you strength through challenges. Um, it's, it's a weird time to be thinking about our yards right now, about grass growing, um, but let me just dream for a second, all right? Just think about green grass and sunshine and 70 degrees and snow. There can be snow in your, in your, at your, your neighborhood there, Cap. But one of the things I learned about this a few years ago as um, we kind of got, got our house uh, and we were watering our grass, our grass, our yard has automatic water sprinklers, you know, so it's kind of nice you just flip on the switch and waters your grass, and then you get the bill six months later, you know, and then you shut it off. <laughs> um, but one of things that I learned is that if you water grass too much, it actually weakens it, right? Because the roots aren't forced to go down into the soil. They can get all the water they need right on the surface. So if you want to have a strong yard and a strong grass, you don't overwater it. You actually give it just the right amount, right? You, you challenge it so that its roots go down deep, but then you also give it the nourishment that it needs. God's doing the same exact thing with us. He's given everything we need, right, for life and godliness, but you will go through challenges so that your capacity is increased and you grow. It's time to put down roots and grow in your relationship with God. I want to challenge you. If you're going through a difficult season, use that as a time to lean into God and push into him and you will grow. 
If you don't go through pain to refine your faith, you will always be swayed by your feelings. It's in the hard times that you grow. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. I just want to encourage you with this. Um, Everyone's pain is different, right? I haven't gone through what you've gone through. Um, But I still know what pain is. I still know what it's like to fear failure, uh, to fail. I know what it's like to feel inadequate. I know what it's like to have tragedy happen in, your li- in my life. Um, but the cool thing is, um, God, your pain is not just about you. See, there are people in your life um, that God has uniquely placed. You've gone through pain so that you can relate to them and share God's hope and love with them. There are people that you can reach that I would never have an opportunity to speak into their life because of the pain that you've gone through that I haven't gone through. Don't waste that. Part of why God may have given you the pain that you're going through so that you can help someone else go through that same exact pain. Right? God has a purpose in your pain, and he will give you the strength you need. Your life becomes a testimony to God as you endure the pain that you go through. Don't hide your pain. Um, Ephesians 6.13, I love this. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, what does it say? To stand. God encourages us to not be discouraged in our pain, but to seek him. I just want to close uh, with this. What always amazes me is when I hear stories of people's pain and trials, and you see how it refines them. You see how it makes them better. Um, I heard a story recently about a man who, uh, in his older years, retired, um, had a freak accident, and, and all the fingers on one of his hands were cut off. Right? And I can't imagine the trauma that that would be. I can't imagine adjusting to life. I can't imagine the, the sense of, like, um, I can't do the things that I used to do. But through that, um, God... Uh, brought him to a saving relationship with himself. He was not a Christian, became a Christian. And now he goes to nursing homes and he tells his story. He tells other people his story about what happened to him and how God used that in his life um, to strengthen him. Does this make sense? And so when you ask him today um, if he would change that situation, you know what he says? He says no. Right, which is crazy, right? If you could go back and do it all over again, would you choose to have your fingers cut off or just keep on going as life w- like it was? And he'd say, I would choose to have it happen the same exact way all over again because of what it has done in my life. Isn't that awesome? And I hear so many stories of people going through tragic things who they say, you know what, I've gone through this, but I wouldn't change it for anything because of what God has done in my life through what I've gone through. That pain has refined them and made them a better person. See, the Bible talks or teaches something that we might call reverse gratitude or upside-down gratitude. Like normal gratitude is, God, thank you for the good stuff. That's normal gratitude. Reverse or upside-down gratitude is, God, thank you for the trials, right? God, thank you for the hard things because I know that you're doing something in my life through it, and what you're doing is so valuable, God, thank you for the difficult things. Job did that. We talked about Job last week. 
The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Right? We see that all throughout Scripture, God, thank you for the good and for the bad. That's my challenge to you this morning, is that you'd be able to get to the place where you say, God, I trust you. Thank you for the good and thank you for the bad. It is pure joy, God. Thank you for what you're doing, even through the bad. Um, I have three daughters. My wife and I have three daughters that my wife gave birth to all natural. I already shared that part. She, she, anyway, she amazes me. Happy anniversary to us. Okay. But our oldest daughter, Ava Ray, uh, when she was probably three or four years old, uh, we went to the pediatrician's office, and it was time for shots, time for immunizations. And um, we had kind of prepped her ahead of time, you know, hey, this is what's going to happen. It is going to hurt. Uh, you're going to get a shot. And uh, what happens in those situations is my wife bails out of the room, and, and dad has the privilege of being there, being the bad guy, and, then my, and our daughters run to mom, to mom for comfort. You know, that's kind of the way it works. And so we were there at the pediatrician's office, and we had prepped her, you know, hey, this is going to hurt, uh, but here's why we're doing this. Um, this ultimately uh, will help you. And so the, the nurse comes in and uh, gets ready to give the shots. They're giving them in her thigh. So she's all tear, teared up, and she's scared, you know, about what's going to happen. And uh, the nurse comes in and gives her a little poke, boom, and she's sniffling and kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with her, and she's crying a little bit. She hops off the table, and through tears, she says to the nurse, thank you, and then she walks out of the room, right? Isn't that amazing? But, but what she knew and what she understood was that even though this hurt, it was for her good, right? That even though this was painful, that this was for her protection, and I want to encourage you, and I want to pray with you as we finish up today, that I don't know what you're going through, but my encouragement is don't run from the pain. Don't run from it. Lean into the fear, lean into the anxiety, and trust God that he's doing something through it. Amen, church? Amen. Um, so let's stand together. Would you stand with me as we pray? I want to encourage you to turn your pain over to God and let him refine you through it. There is purpose in your pain. So let's pray. God of heaven, um, I just thank you for your amazing grace. I thank you for your sovereignty. I thank you that we know that nothing is out of your control. And God, the things that we go through at times um, are just way beyond what we can handle. But God, I pray that you'd encourage us, you'd give us faith, give us the patience to endure. And God, refine us, make us better, make us stronger, give us hope. God, you are at work, you are in control. And we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.